The content of this podcast is for general information only and does not constitute financial advice or consider individual circumstances. Please seek your own independent legal, financial, taxation, or other advice before making investment decisions. Welcome back to Decoding Crypto. You're joining me, Jason Pizzino, on another crypto market update. And hasn't it been a wild ride over the weekend? Welcome back, Eddie. How are you feeling? It certainly has. I'm good. How are you doing? Very well. I like to see some action on the markets. Finally. Has been sideways. I know, right? It's been sideways <laughs> for weeks on end, but we've still had a ton of news to get through. Uh, whereas today, we've got some downwards action in uh, Bitcoin and a lot of those altcoins. We're going to get to Jack Dorsey and his plans on a Web 5. Do you know what happened to Web 4 and Web 3 before we got to Web 5? <laughs> Most of us are still catching up with Web3, but Jack, he's already at Web5. It's like buying the new <laughs> iPhone. It's already gone. It's it. It's all over. So Web5, and we're going to look at some of the attacks on the ETH network. Well, the Layer 2s, and uh, you got some big stuff there. Yeah, some, an update on the uh, Seth Green story. You remember he had this bored ape nft stolen that he'd basically built a whole show around uh well i've got an update on that and another nft story out of ukraine um a really interesting use of nfts in the country to try and save some of its cultural artifacts uh in the midst of this russian invasion so some interesting stories cool cool all right before you give too much away let's get on with the market sentiment and the prices Extreme fear, well, I mean, look, it's not really surprising anymore, is it? We've had extreme fear for, let me go back to my chart here. It's been like a month and a half now in this market, just extreme fear after extreme fear. But I'm sure people are sort of getting used to this state at the moment, especially with crypto being down. Uh, in terms of the prices, we had the market cap just drop to holding just at $1 trillion. So basically $1.1 trillion at the moment. I remember last year when Bitcoin reached one, I think it hit one trillion, didn't it? The market cap of BTC, yeah, it had to. And people said it would never go below one trillion again. Well, here we are with the entire market cap, cryptocurrency market cap at one trillion dollars again. But the good news to all of these lower prices is we have the potential of bigger returns down the track. And with bigger returns comes the start of a new cycle. I don't think we're there yet, but we, uh, you know, we can always hope and dream. So let's get on with the hope and dreams of the news and cover Jack Dorsey's hope and dream of Web 5. I was looking at this little piece here, um, how we got to Web 5 and someone puts a meme up of Web 2 plus Web 3 <laughs> equals Web 5. <laughs> what? It's a simple explanation. So what's the difference between Web 3 and Web 5? Well, we've got to understand what Web 3 is first, and then we can, I guess, try and understand what Web 5 is. <laughs> Web 3, let's just look at a simple basis, uh, you know, a definition here from Wikipedia. Uh, two ways to define Web 3. The quick, easy description is a blockchain integrated internet or an internet where cryptocurrencies and NFTs are built into the platforms you use. So basically okay. like a decentralized internet compared to what we currently have, which isn't decentralized. And the more complicated but more specific way to think about Web3 is an internet owned by users. And of course, it's going to be owned by users because it's decentralized and it's going to have blockchain integration there and you're going to have your NFTs built on it and, and whatnot. So it's basically Web3 is 
built for us and owned by us compared mm-hmm. to what are we currently at web two yeah web one <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay and so web five then how the hell does web five fit into this all right so <laughs> jack dorsey says a web five is his envision uh, of it being a, an identity-based system that only utilizes one blockchain. And of course, being Jack, that blockchain is Bitcoin. And I know you would absolutely love that because you're the Bitcoin maxi here. Loving it, loving it. But, so what What does that even mean? Like you're, building, you're basically building a web, an internet that is just Bitcoin-centric. So I guess everything is built on top of the Bitcoin blockchain for this internet so it's decentralized you've got a currency on there uh you'll have you'll have uh, identity mm-hmm. and some way they'll be able to you know <laughs> layer that onto the ecosystem and and obviously tokenization of those identities as well so web5 that's jack's dream here so where's he up to with that is he just talking about it uh, talking about it he said he's announced yeah. you know block is the one of his companies there a subsidiary to tbd has announced plans to build a new decentralized web centered around bitcoin underscoring founders jack dorsey's belief that the largest blockchain network will play a major role in the internet's evolution so wow. this is where he sees the next step of the internet going yeah, something to watch. And this also comes off the back of the news that he's teamed up with Jay-Z, right, to launch this Bitcoin Academy for the residents of Mercy Houses in Brooklyn where Jay-Z grew up. So they're going to run this academy um, to teach kids things like what is money, what is blockchain. And the program's open to anybody from the Mercy Housing Project, which is where Jay-Z grew up. And it includes a crypto kids camp. And it's going to provide participants with a mobile hotspot and a certain amount of Bitcoin for hands-on learning. And then they might expand this to other neighborhoods. Um, I think it's really interesting now. And I think it's a great thing because I think when you start to learn about Bitcoin, you start to examine our existing financial system. And you start to learn about, um, you know, the fact that it's bitcoin is decentralized and you also start to understand things like inflation and the development of sound monetary policy and the fact that bitcoin's a deflationary currency um you know whether these kids then get into crypto or bitcoin is another thing but i think it's really beneficial that you know they're spreading out this project and starting to teach kids about monetary policy and not to just accept the status quo which i think is a really great thing Definitely. I, I'm on board for that. I hope it does spread a little further, especially learning about finances. Mm-hmm. I know we do hear about these things a lot and we just wonder, oh, you know, it's great news at the time, but does it actually go anywhere? So mm-hmm. that's what I hope. And I mean, Jack is pretty into Bitcoin, you know, left Twitter, oh, yeah. he renames the, the Square Company block and then is building his Web5. So, you know, it seems like he is now devoting his entire life to Bitcoin. So hopefully that if that's just like a pilot plan, a pilot program, if that's what it works out to be, then at least they can spread a little bit further. And that's what's going to help with the uh, the adoption through the, the new generation into more crypto-based, you know, financial systems, financial services, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Absolutely. And what's been going on with uh, Ethereum? Uh, well, last week we had Ethereum having a successful launch it was onto their their test Rocks net so and the, test net yeah that's right yep so they've done reasonably well but since then we have seen uh, an attack on optimism and optimism is a 
uh, layer two on Ethereum. So that was Optimism essentially has been built to reduce the costs and help the scalability, all that sort of thing of Ethereum mm -hmm. because we know they're the problems on Ethereum. Yep. But they've had an attack and the attacker took a fair chunk of change, but they have returned a little bit here. So they've uh, the attacker recently exploited and stole 20 million OP tokens. Oof. So that's the token of the Optimism ecosystem. And I always like to know how much is that actually worth. Uh, mm -hmm. Optimism, approximately about 60 odd cents at the moment. So 20 million times 60 cents, we're, we're coming somewhere out about, what, $12 million? That's US. Yikes. 12 million they took from that. And the market cap's only about 140 million. So it's about 10, you know, just under 10%. And uh, they were reportedly returned 17 million of the 20 million back to the Optimism team. Uh, of the remaining 3 million, 1 million was sent to Vitalik. So that's, you know, the founder mm -hmm. of Ethereum. And they kept 2 million for themselves as a bounty. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Still not a bad payday for them, really, no, is it? No, 2 million you know at 60 cents. We're just over a million bucks. Yeah, pretty good, yeah. right? I think so. Speaking of things being stolen, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, we were talking about this Seth Green debacle where he uh, had his Bored Ape uh, NFT stolen. Um, so according to him, he has just regained control of that Bored Ape NFT after he lost it falling for a phishing scam last month. Uh, so, yeah, so he... He handed over all the information. They stole his NFT. And so Bored Ape number 8398 was then sent back to Green's NFT wallet from a collector known as Mr. Cheese. And Mr. <laughs> Cheese paid around 200K to the Bored Ape. He previously said he had no interest in returning this Bored Ape back to Green, who's developed this whole TV series around this Bored Ape NFT. Uh, he claimed, you know, Mr. Cheese claimed he had no idea that the Bored Ape belonged to Green and that it had been stolen. But it looks like they've come to some kind of agreement because Green has sent 65 Ether to Mr. Cheese. So that's around 297,000 US dollars, more than $100,000 than he initially paid for the sto stolen board ape weeks ago. So he's got it back, but it's boy, has it cost him. Yeah, I mean, look, for the rest of us, it seems like a ton of money, but I'm sure for these guys, they've figured out, well, if I've made a TV series and maybe I'm getting paid 10 million for the series or 50 million for the series, what's an extra 100 grand to get this thing back so that I can hold it? And then potentially the value of his uh, NFT goes up as well because he's created a TV series around it and obviously with his strings in, in the industry, um, can almost guarantee his own success in this space. Mm. I think it's a good story that reminds us of how vulnerable often people holding NFTs can be because often, you know, people start to dabble in NFTs and they don't even have like two-factor authentication oh, turned man. on. They're not keeping it on on ledgers. So it's really easy for your NFTs to get stolen, particularly through a phishing scam or something like this. But it, I think it'll be interesting as we go on to see how government bodies um, deal with these legal cases as they come up because we're only going to see more NFTs stolen in the future, I think. He's got it back. What else have we seen? We have seen the NFT space continue to evolve and grow. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember there was uh, Ukraine looking mm -hmm. to use NFTs to um, just keep their artwork safe, I suppose, if 
things are going a little bit pear-shaped, obviously, in, in Ukraine with the, the Russia war going on over there. Uh, like we've seen in, in historic wars, uh, a lot of the artworks get stolen or yeah. destroyed. Uh, you know, different property gets destroyed. So NFTs, being that they're in a digital space, uh, are a way to maintain that ownership of the, the paintings or whatever sort of artwork there is. Although, yeah. you know, the, the thieves can take the physical artwork when this all gets sorted out in you know, hope, hopefully sooner rather than later, but obviously years to come, then we can see who the actual ownership is of that particular mm. uh, artwork. This is huge too because they're planning on digitizing every single piece of art or history it can. The president of the Blockchain Association of Ukraine has been speaking about this. Um, and obviously we've already seen the benefits of crypto in Ukraine after they raised around $135 million um, from donors around the world. So they, this is an effort by Ukraine's blockchain community and they're gonna NFTize <laughs> all their artifacts. And But it also means that they'll be able to take control and keep a record of what's being held so that you know after the war when things settle down they'll have a good record of what they initially had where it's gotten to and the actual nfts themselves which again is another piece of art then isn't it um yeah. but i think it's a really great practical use for nfts and one that's all be interesting to watch so yeah if we were wondering through the crypto bull market and bear market what is the use of all of this well we're definitely seeing use cases for nfts it doesn't necessarily mean that particular nft that you bought <laughs> that uh, pumped up a thousand x and then you know is dumped 99 percent is going to be a value but the actual mm -hmm. technology of nfts is going to be around the technology of blockchain is going to be around and i think that's a positive uh, you know net positive for the entire crypto space moving forward into this next stage of whatever happens economically speaking you know do we you know keep going in this route and i honestly think we will do but there's going to be a new breed of uh, different assets which take on the blockchain take on nfts and that then leads to that next pump mm, absolutely well, we'll have to keep an eye on this space then as things roll out, won't we? As always, we'll be back again on Wednesday. Thanks again, Eddie. Thanks to everyone listening in. We'll see you guys real soon. Catch you next time.